Money. It affects our everyday life. But how do we make more of it? Manage it. And make sure we make the most of our money. Welcome to Money Mindful, a podcast to teach and support you as you learn to manage your money. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of the Money Mindful Podcast. I am your host, Megan Jean Smith. I am a money mindset and life coach for women. I help women get out of their own way so they can live the extraordinary life they want to live on purpose. So one of the things that I most love to do in my life is blow my own mind with what is possible, with what's possible, with what I can do, with what I can create. And this guest that I have on today kind of blows my mind with what she's doing. And if you haven't figured out what we're going to talk about by the title of the podcast, you will soon. So she is an extraordinary woman who has created a multi-million dollar business in just 10 hours a week. What the actual F. If that isn't extraordinary, I don't know what is. Leonie, I am absolutely thrilled to have you on the show. Welcome. Oh, babe, thanks for having me. So for those of you who don't know Leonie Dawson, the awesomeness that you are in your business and all the things that you do, can you give us a little brief rundown on what's your blurb? What do you tell people about yourself? How do you introduce yourself? I am still somebody who I like I've created, you know, over $10 million in revenue with really high profit margins. I've done it in 10 hours a week and I still do not have an elevator pitch. <laughs> um, I went to a new optometrist yesterday and she's like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I talk shit on the internet. She goes, oh my God, really? I said, yeah. And she goes, what do you talk about? And I said, anything I fucking want. And she's like, okay then. <laughs> So that's as good as it gets. Um, yeah, I create goal workbooks where people can set their goals for the next year. And then I create e-courses about creating e-courses because I like to be meta. Uh, but I do e-courses about money and multiple streams of income. And I also do e-courses about how to finish your book and sell it and all that kind of stuff. Whatever I feel interested in, I create something and share about it with people because I get obsessed about shit and then I talk about it. <laughs> So what you're saying is you mean you could just decide that you want to do something and then do it? Yeah, completely. And you can do it like super quickly. So like with money, manifesting your multiple streams of income, like I had no interest in talking about money. And then one Friday night I was like lying awake and I couldn't go to sleep. So I was just staring at the ceiling and I had this idea like, oh, I'm supposed to do an e-course. And I feel like I don't have an idea. It just gets given to me by the angels. And, um, you know, they just like mapped everything out in my head. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And so that was on a Friday night. And by Monday afternoon, I'd opened enrollments for it and was teaching it a month later. So um, I like to move quickly with shit because it's so much more fun that way. What? That is incredible. Okay, let's break this down. No, hang on a second. I don't want to know the how just yet. Okay. Because I know, and I know every, I know everybody listening is going to want to know the how, how does she do that? How do you whip out a course in one weekend? Right. And, and look, there are elements of things that you need to learn when you are developing a new skill or doing something new, 
But what I'm really interested in, Leon, is Leonie, is what are you thinking? What what's your mindset? What are the thoughts that you have about yourself and your abilities that allows you to believe that to actually create something in a weekend and believe that you can do it? What are you thinking about yourself? Well, I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking about the project. It's fun. Like, like I don't like I'm always saying to clients, like, the more that you like get your head stuck up your own asshole. <laughs> the less time you are creating like stop thinking about you and just think about creating instead like it's got nothing to do with you just make the fucking thing just do this thing fucking put it out in the world and you will get changed in that process and it'll be the most fun you've ever had right yeah well that's the thought though this is going to be fun yeah of course yeah that's really interesting because I've heard people talk about their businesses and I've had thoughts like this myself before. I've had to kind of just kick myself up the butt and be like, come on, this is your passion. This is what you want to do. But when when I start thinking about something that feels a little bit like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. And then it's like, hang on a minute. This is an aspect of a business that I'm trying to create. Of course I want to do it. Like even if it's not the fun stuff, I'm putting my fingers in inverted commas, like my accounting or or what have you. But mm. even that, I have to remind myself that it's like, but I do want to do this because this is part of mm. what I want to create. Yeah, like I, there's no other option out there. I'm not going to go back to a job. Like, why would I? Would I why would I want to do anything else but this? This is a miracle. Like I can't believe I get to do this as a job. I am hands down ridiculously blessed to be able to say that I get to create and talk shit for a living and do it in 10 hours a week. So I've got plenty of time to be a present mom with my kids and just an absolute shit ton of money, more than the prime ministers of countries, you know, the more than the president makes in a year. I get to do that. Like this is the best job in the world, even when there's tricky parts. Yeah, I, I like that. It's the, it's the way that you you think about it. But can we go back a few steps? Because you didn't always have a business where you were no. earning millions of dollars. So how did, where did this begin? How did this start for you? An urge, an urge to create something. So I'd always wanted to be an artist or creative or a writer um, and my parents who were farmers were really adamant about the fact, no, you cannot have a creative career because, you know, all artists starve. They believe the starving artist myth, myth of course. Um, you're going to have to get an office job. There's no money. And they would repeat over and over, you can't have a small business because all small businesses fail in the first five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was dutiful, you know, and I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll have to like be second, like go second best then. And I would like to be prime minister of Australia. If I'm not going to, you know, be able to have my dream job, I might as well make some change in the world. So like, it was like just a very logical decision-making process for me. Like, okay, well, second best option, prime minister of Australia, fine. So moved to Canberra when I was 20, um, did a, started doing a public policy and economics degree at Australian National University while working the Department of Industry, worked at Parliament House with some ministers and really quickly realised like 
uh, I'm not going to be able to be all of myself in this environment and I'm not actually going to be able to create the change that I want to see in the world um, through this path because I realized that it's it, like your power in that way is, is still limited. Um, and I just couldn't give up on the dream of being a creative. I just couldn't. It was inside of me. Um, and so I remember like flying home to my very small country town in North Queensland. And I felt like I had to come out to my dad. And um, I said to him, dad, I need to tell you something. It was at the airport because I can't keep a secret. Like it's just like instant. Hey, dad, how are you going? Um, okay, I've got to tell you something really important. And at that point in his life, he was just grunting. That's how he spoke. He just grunted. Um, uh, and I said, look, I've got to tell you something. I've decided um, I'm actually going to be an artist. That's, that's what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. And he grunted again and said, well, there's no money in that. And I said, well, it looks like I come from a long line of dreamers because you're a farmer and there's no money in that. And your family have all been farmers and there's no money in that. So like, you can't begrudge me the fact that I too am a dreamer. <laughs> we just want what we want. And he grunted again and said, you think you're funny, don't you? And I said, I really do. Like a long line of dreamers is like perfect. Like, like very proud of this. Um, and so it was just that desire to have a creative career that led me eventually into business. I thought about being a graphic designer, but realized it wouldn't fully encompass everything I wanted to do. And I just started building a, side, a, a, a business on the side as I worked um, for the Australian government and built it up, built it up, built it up and kept on growing until by the time we were ready to have kids, um, my husband and I could both quit our jobs and just focus on our kids and our business. All right. That sounds like really matter of fact, like lighty da like, yeah, I just decided to build this business and did it. And I, mm. I believe that there is, that happened because I see yeah. your business and uh, think it's fantastic. And I see you on social media and, but did you see yourself at this level of, business success when you started? Oh, no, God, no. Uh, my only goal at that point was the first goal was to earn, I think, $30,000 in one year because that was kind of at that point what well, I think I could kind of survive off. Um, and then the next goal after that was um, $100,000 a year because then me and my husband could, and I could both quit our jobs and we could move back to our country town and raise our baby together uh, relatively easy. So $100,000 was a big goal and I really didn't think much beyond that. It was never a goal to like, you know, at least a million dollars a year. It just kept on growing after that um, because it's the same like skill set again and again, like, oh, what is it I need to do to grow this business? How do I have very growth and profit focused, um, like focused attention on the business um, and do it in a way that's not going to take up all my time because there's no point in me creating this creative business that I love so much um, so that I can quit my office job and have a baby, but then have to spend all my time working in the business and not being a mum. So like I have to have a business that like, I love, but it also has got to make me money without it needing a lot of time. Yeah. Well, let's talk more about that time aspect. Like 
how mm. the fuck do you build a $10 million business in like revenue over the life of the business in 10 mm. hours a week? Like, how is that possible? I mean, I know amazing things are possible, but even for me, that kind of blows my mind. Sure. So the first thing that you need to do is you get yourself a baby that doesn't sleep. Okay. And then like, and not only that, they don't sleep, but like when they are away, they just cry constantly if they're outside of their mum's arms and the mum is the solo breadwinner. And so you just go fucking insane. And you think, how the fuck am I going to make any money with you? Because like, you just cry all the time. And I have zero, zero, zero amount of time. Um, so get yourself one of those because they'll teach you very quickly what is it that you need to do to grow a business in very small amounts of time because you've got no fucking time. Um, so if you can't get one of those, then you kind of need to enforce it upon yourself instead. Uh, and I always say to people, like, if you want to find out how to reduce your work hours, reduce your work hours and you will very quickly realize what is busy work and what is actually profit making? Um, and here's the thing: like I read the book "The Four Hour Workweek" by Tim Ferriss um, back in 2006, 2007, I think, whenever it was, it came out, and I just took it literally. I was like, "Well, he did it in four. I'm a bit slacker, so maybe I could do it in ten, you know." And I thought that was reasonable, and maybe that's because I'm like on the autistic spectrum, and so like I do take things very literally. And I took him to heart. I was like four hours I'll do 10 and I just did it to heart you know like I just did and I do I follow the Pareto's principle which is that 20 percent of your actions create 80 percent of your results so I'm only working you know 20 25 percent of a normal workload but I'm still creating like the vast sum of the revenue what's that principle I don't know that principle Oh, sure. Okay. Let me dive deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me. Okay. So Pareto is this Italian economist um, back like a hundred, 200 years ago. And um, he was, he liked to like study everything and see the patterns and shit. He was probably Asperger's because that's what we do. Um, Anyway. So he looked at uh, the Italian population and realized that the Italian population, um, 20% of the Italian population owned 80% of the landmass. And of course, that's a whole other story about capitalism. But um, he he noticed that that same concept held true across all different areas. So when he went into his garden, 20% of his pea plants created 80% of the harvest. So there's this 20% of a population creates 80% of, of an outcome. Um, and that that it hits across so many things. So 20% of crime, sorry, 20% of prisoners create 80% of crime. When Microsoft fixed its top 20% of recurring crashes in its system, it fixed 80% of its, um, of bugs that were found. So there's always this 20% creates 80%. So when you can apply it to your business, you might see that 20% of your marketing activity creates 80% of your sales or um, 20% of your product range, you know, accounts for 20, 80% of your profit margins. It's going to be in your business everywhere. There's, it's like, not everything is born equal. 
there's certain aspects of your activity that creates a much more powerful impact. And so you have to really be very clear about where you spend your time and only spend your time on the stuff that actually creates a maximum amount of impact. Right. Okay. I'm following you. So let's dig down on this a little bit further, because Mm. when you said before, you said that distinguishing between busy work and the work that was actually effective in your business. I'm not sure if they were the exact words you used, but yeah. So can you give us some examples of that? What's busy work and what's work that's really effective in your business? Cause I know it would be different for mm. other people. Sure. So, um, I see social media posting like social, like doing social media work is probably one of the biggest time sucks for, for business people. Um, and, you know, you end up spent, spending a huge percentage of your time thinking about it or looking at what everyone else is doing or, um, you know, trying to think up content when you could either do one of two things. One, you could just say, actually, I'm not going to build my business through social, social media. And that is an absolutely, totally fine thing to do. And there's lots of other ways to build your business. Um, you could concentrate, concentrate completely on email marketing because we all know that email marketing actually pr- provides a much higher returns than social media marketing. Secondly, you could decide to batch it. Sure, you're going to do some social media posts, but you are going to content plan and you are going to batch create all in a short period of time. Um, And then you are going to use a scheduling software to um, put it out into the world and take the fucking thing off your phone so you don't just spend all your time in scroll mode. Um, Other busy work, when you look at all of the services that you offer, when you look at all of the work that you do, what is the stuff that's actually creating profit? Because otherwise, it's just goddamn busy work. So one of the things I have people do in the Goal Getter workbooks um, each year is have a look at your top selling products, services, whatever, um, each year, and then work out the ratio of what's creating the most amount of money for you and profit. So I remember doing this one year and it was a year I decided to do um, some coaching retreats where people stayed in my home for five days. Um, And I also was doing like six month coaching packages and it was all kind of higher end stuff. Like it was, you know, a lot more expensive than other stuff I was producing. But when I looked at it at the end of the year, it had only earned me 40, I think it was like $45,000 or something, um, which of course is great. Like I appreciate that. But considering I was looking at, I think about $600,000 in revenue that year, um, it was a fairly small percent. And what's more, it had absolutely been a far huger time and energy expense for me. Whereas with the workbooks, I'd earned $100,000 that year and it had taken me about four days worth of work. So when you start looking really strategically at at what's actually costing you time and money um, and whether it's worth it and whether you should be spending your time in other areas instead, then you start kind of killing off the unimportant shit and just focusing on the real profit producers instead. Yeah, I love that killing off the fluff. I feel like I'm still in that phase, like learning how to do that and actually learning it almost like what you were saying about having a crying baby. I got really sick last year in November and was just 
like lost my voice. And because I see oh, clients, love. clients one-on-one, I was just with my, I was putting all my energy into my clients and I just removed myself from social media. But what was really interesting was that I just kept creating business, even though I wasn't on social media, because I have a podcast that comes out every week and, you know, I email my people every week and it was like, isn't that interesting? And I enjoy being on social media, like interacting with people because I, I like that aspect of it. But it was a really good lesson for me to see that this isn't an essential thing that I have to put all my energy in all the time. So I think it's a really great point that you brought up there. Chronic illness is a great crying baby. I've had that as well. And you're like, oh, no, I actually physically can't do a whole bunch of stuff. So I really can only do the very important things. I even have a post-it note above my desk and it says, if I only had two hours a week to work, what would I do? And I've got three things written on them. And so I'd really recommend to anyone ask yourself that question and put it over your desk because those are the three things that drive your business. That's a, that's a, the money makers and everything else can go get fucked. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Getting really fucking intentional with what is important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have you a lot. Do all the things. Yeah, that's right. And, and you have a lot, Leonie, of different courses and things. Cause I've, mm-hmm. I've stalked you. I've checked you out. Um, and I, I've been, and actually this is one thing I really, really want to do your e, like how to create an e-course. And oh, yeah. I've got to say, because it is extremely a good value. The price point that yeah. you have it at is kind of unbelievable. And <laughs> the only yeah. reason why I have not bought it is for that very reason about constraint, like really constraining to what is important right now in my business. And I mean, this podcast is about you, not about me. So I'm not going to go into all those details, but right now I'm focusing on a different aspect of building uh, what I'm building in my business. And in the future, I see that as something. And, but literally last year, there must've been about five times that I passed through your website where I was like, I should just buy it now. Like really? And then I was like, stop, stop it, like constrain, constrain. (laughs) And it's really hard to do, you know, to not just do all the things. Yeah, you can't do all the things. Choose a thing that's going to give you the most amount of money and the fastest and do that. Yeah. And people are always like, you know, oh, but Leona, you get to like do all of the things you've chosen. Like, you know, you talk about every topic and you have – courses on different things and I'm like yeah but I didn't do all of them all at once you do one fucking thing at a time and you make money with that and then you move on to the next thing yeah yeah and what I really like about you is that there's no limits I mean didn't you release a a, um, erotica book or something like that did I I see something like tell me about that tell us about it it was it was so funny. It was just a gift to myself, really. So I'd been wanting to write an erotic romance novel for years and was thinking to myself, oh, like, I just, I don't know, like, like to give myself the time to do that. Like, you know, just because I knew I'd like need to block off some time from work. And then, you know, it's kind of the opportunity cost of it. And 
I was kind of just boring myself talking about it really. And I talked to my husband about it and he's like, honestly, we've talked about this a lot. Just go do it. I don't care. Like enough. Um, and then I talked to one of my coaches, Kerry Rowett, and she's like, Leone, you have built your business on fucking weird shit that you've just created in a weekend. Like your goal getter workbooks, like would you have ever thought that would be used by 400,000 people worldwide? No, it was just some stupid, random, crazy idea you had. You just ran with it. So you need to give yourself time and space just to do stupid, crazy projects um, because that's the magic of Leonie. And I was like, ah, and so it is. And so this year during pandemic, I was like, fuck yeah, this is the time. So I spent, I think it was about 10 days all up, which doesn't seem like much, but it felt like such a huge gift to myself to write it. And I totally cried when I finished writing it because I just felt so great. Um, and then I just threw it up out to the world. It hit number one in romance in Australia on Amazon, which is hilarious. Um, and I've like, I read it like once a month at least, because I just love reading my own writing and I just, it's just still feels like such a gift to me. Oh, that is so fun. Ah, that is just fantastic. I think I really hope if you don't know who Leonie is, if you've never heard of Leonie Dawson, go and check her out, go to her website, go check her out on Instagram. You, you have actually surprised me this year and with things like you've been doing this series of posts where you've been wearing these crazy hats and oh yeah and I love seeing that because what that shows me is that you really can do whatever the fuck you want Mm -hmm. and your people will find you and the people who are really offended by crazy hats won't (laughs) won't follow you right they won't buy from you or they'll just be like yeah that chick's weird she wears crazy hats but that's okay I'm I just look past that and yeah uh were you like that in the beginning or have you developed that relationship with yourself as you've progressed with your business no I've always been an absolute fucking weirdo um, and my school friends will attest to that. Just like, Jesus Christ, that Leone, um, you know, in a nice way, like, <laughs> um, and even my old boss, when I worked in the Australian government, she's like, <laughs> we know Leone's here when we have to remind her that there is such a thing as too much information. <laughs> um, so I, I, I realized very early on in my life, I, I was a teenager when I realized that everybody was pretending to be something that they weren't and that I could totally do that if I wanted to. However, it didn't seem like very much fun. Um, And it also didn't seem like, you know, even if you did succeed at pretending to be someone else and like was, was finally cool and people liked you, you would probably feel weird because, um, like you'd feel unsure and timid inside because you know that people didn't love you for who you are, just they loved you for who you were pretending to be. So you'd have imposter syndrome. Um, And so I just kind of like looked at this, I was about 13 or 14. I was like, oh, well, this is like, this makes no sense. Um, So what I could do instead, right, is just continue being an absolute like weirdo that I love being and amusing myself and having the most amount of fun with myself possible. 
And some people will really not like that. Um, and some people really will, but it won't matter anyway, because I'll still get to be me. And that's the greatest gift of all. And I'll have a lot of fun with myself because I regard myself as my own best friend. So like we'll be solid either way. So it was a very logical choice to, to decide to be myself because it was like one is fun and happy and the other one is not. What would I choose? Oh, I don't know. I think I'll choose to love myself and have fun with it. Yeah, it's common sense. But how did that go yeah. down working in a government job? Because I'm pretty sure you weren't wearing crazy hats when you were in Canberra. Or oh, maybe you were. You would think, you would think that. Um, look, honestly, it went down a lot better in my adult life than it did at school. Like school was pretty challenging because a lot of, you know, it's especially when you're a teenager, everyone is so has to try and be like each other. Um, and so I ended up moving. Like I, I sent myself to boarding school because I was like, you know what? Like I just prefer not to have shit thrown at me every single day. Uh, I prefer not to be yelled at by other children. Like that would be fun for me. So I set myself to boarding school and that was awesome. Had the best time. Um, and like, it's been a doddle really ever since because as soon as you're out of school, people stop feeling so freaked out about who they are and they, you know, and everybody is of all different ages, which is much healthier, I think. Um, and they're all in different stages of life. And people are mostly just wanting to be amused, really. Um, and so if you can provide a little bit of amusement in their life, they'll be sorted. Um, so I used to do all sorts of crazy shit in my government job. I had a competition one day to see how many people I could hug in a day in my office. Um, and I was running one of my best mates was in um, human resources and we we're competing and I won of course because I'm very competitive um, but I hugged like 300 people on um, a few of our government floors that that day with consent and it wasn't in pandemic time so <laughs> um, yeah I just get up to crazy shit and just because I realized really early on if you got your work done and then amused people you were like people thought you were golden. <laughs> Ah, oh, so good. And what brings to what comes to mind when you tell me that is that I think in business, the one of the challenges that I have had is that it's supposed to be done a particular way, like as oh, if yeah. there's there's a way that we're supposed to do it. And mm. when when you get beyond that and you realize there's not a how, there's not a planned out these are the steps you take. Everybody's business is different. Like, I mean, you can follow a formula, but it's not going to work exactly for you how it works for someone else because it's not their business, it's your business. The way that you come across and what you create. And I mean, I'm, I've, I've learned that from doing, but it sounds like you already had that skill before you even started from what you're saying. Well, also, like, you know, when it comes to creating my business, I didn't want to recreate my work environment in my business. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't want to, like, wear a suit and have to look professional and not swear and not, you know, try to not be so inappropriate when I could just, like, be all of myself and be the wildest expression of myself and know that, like, it'll be cool. Like, people will like that. Some people won't. It doesn't fucking matter. Um, so, it's a, like, why would you want to recreate a, an office environment in your own business? You get to do whatever the fuck you want. 
Yes. And it's so freeing. Yeah. Like you can't make it. Ever. You can't make a mistake in the sense, I mean, it's like, I don't mean you're not going to make fails or whatever, but it's like Hmm. you're actually creating it the way that you want to do it, the way that you want to be representing yourself as yourself. And so there's no way you can lose doing that when you show up as who you truly are. It's true. You know, like the whole reason that I do the crazy hats is because I was saying to myself, oh, I really want to create more videos. Um, but I don't want to get all dressed up for them. I don't like, like, I don't like doing shit to my face. I don't want to like my hair. This is like as good as it's ever going to get because I don't give a fuck. I've got a haircut like this specifically. So I don't have to touch it. Like it just, it lives. Um, I don't want to like get lights. I don't want to look glamorous. I don't like, cause I, it just bores the ever-loving shit out of me. If if other people love that, great, but it bores the ever-loving shit out of me. And I could not feel less inspired by that particular idea. And so I was thinking, oh, God, like how would I make it like super fun um, to make these videos? And I was like, oh, my God, what if I found like the craziest fucking hats I could find on the internet? And so I spent like a few days like looking around for it and I was cackling myself going, oh my God, this is the funniest fucking thing ever. I do shit to amuse myself. Like honestly, like if anyone else finds it funny, great, but mostly it's for me. So I was like sending them to my assistant, sending them to my best mate, like, oh my God, check out this hat I just bought. And so like I found all of these cool costume hats and they're in my office now. And so now when it comes to creating like these these videos where I want to give some like important business or organizational or productivity advice or marketing advice or whatever. Um, I get to do it while looking like an absolute donkey. That makes me laugh so hard. Um, so I appreciate that other people love the crazy hat thing. And I also did it for my own amusement. That was my way of looking glamorous. Like some people get their hair blow dried so they can feel camera ready. I buy a box of cat costume hats. So many different options. <laughs> right? So many different and so many different options and costume hats. It's an amazing, amazing world out there. All right. Let's change gears a little bit. There's a few questions I want to ask you before uh, yes. we come to a close. And what is different now about your life and what's the same since you have grown a business that actually makes a lot of money? What's different is that I don't have to worry about how to like um like pay bills and stuff like oh god how are we going to make that happen. Um that's really nice so we don't have to think about like ugh, the painful manage- part of money management and what we can instead do is like think up really cool shit to do with money. I was saying to my husband oh I'm not really sure if I like eventually want to like live in one spot like maybe I would like to live in a few different spots because there's a few different places in Australia I really love that feel like home to me um so I eventually I might like to think about like us having like apartments or something in a few different places and spending our life kind of you know like a few months in different places see how we go um so that's one option but then other cool options is that like I got an email from Australian Wildlife Conservancy, which is um, they buy land for wildlife and it's a very important part of the climate crisis puzzle, I feel, um, to have that land for conservation. 
and they were trying to purchase a piece of land near us um, that had some endangered wildlife and they, were, they had to raise a whole bunch of money um, in like a very short period of time. And so we could just donate like money to them, you know, like I think we donated $25,000 last year to them, which is more than I used to earn in a year um, just so they could buy more fucking land for possums and shit. And that makes me really happy. So that stuff has changed. In terms of what hasn't changed, I'm still just an arty geek who likes to hang out at home, who still wears like secondhand t-shirts from my husband and doesn't really like to spend much money on other stuff. I just, I don't really give much of a shit. (laughs) Uh, So good. So good. What do you teach your children about the business at all? Or about money? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, Just in kind of incidental ways because, you know, I've got a nearly 11-year-old now and they're not not like open for a big like, oh, please, mother, instruct me, you know, or like, all right. So it's more just incidental. So like if they – I do, I do my work around them. They have questions. I explain it to them. One of the biggest things that I love – that I've taught them is the money thermometer, which I teach my money manifesting at multiple streams of income course is that so like with any goal, like it can be a business goal. It can be a savings goal. It can be debt reduction goal. It can be any kind of goal. I create a money thermometer, you know, like those fundraising fucking things. Yeah. And then I color it in as I go and it's very motivating to me. So that was for a uh, a book launch I'm doing at the moment and I've got to color in because I think we've just hit over 200 grand now. Um, but my kids I love this and they'll create their own for savings goals to get, um, you know, like their Lego created and stuff. Like, you know, they want to buy a Lego set. So they'll put a money thermometer and they'll brainstorm how to make that money and how to save that money. And that stuff's really cool to me. Oh, that's really cool. All right. Well, I always ask my guests at the end if there's any money habit or tip or something that you do on the regular or not even on the regular that you'd be willing to share that you think might be helpful for other people to try. Sure. Um, So I always like to calculate my net worth at the start of every year. And it's something that I get everyone to do in the goal getter workbooks as well. Um, and so what you do is you put together, like you write a list of all of your assets, okay, all the things that you own. So that can be cars, that can be houses, that can be any investments you have, your superannuation, your retirement fund, everything. Um, and then you write a list of all the things that you owe. So your liabilities, like your credit cards, how much your mortgage is, um, any debts that you have. Um, And um, then so you take, so you you minus the liabilities off your assets and that gives you your net worth. Um, And it's okay if that net worth is in the negatives, right? Or if it's like very, very small at this point, it's just a base point for you to grow on. And you can set goals for your month and for, you know, your year so that you can start increasing that um, and growing your net worth. And it's very exciting. Such a good tip. And if you want to find out more about that, uh, go back to, you know, one of my first or second episodes. And I actually talk about that. I, 
I do that too, not at the start of every year, but periodically, because I think it's such a great uh, reference point or anchor to just work out where am I, where do I want to go? And yeah, be, be having little goals. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. All right, Leonie, let's wrap this up. Uh, first of all, so grateful that you gave us your time today to be on the show. And I'm so excited for all my listeners who don't know who you are, who are now going to go out and find out about you. So before I let you go, tell us where can we find you? Tell us all the, I'll put all the magical links in the show notes, but where can people find you? I always say leonidawson.com, fuck social media. You've pressed like on a billion people and never seen their shit again. So just make sure you go to leonidawson.com, sign up for my love letter list, and I will send you free shit absolutely every single week because I love giving free shit to people and sending them magical stuff. Um, and you can also go to my free shit page and find all of the free shit that I give away because I love giving shit to people. Which can I say is actually called free shit on the website, which I just adore. I, that is one thing that really drew me into you. I was like, yes, she swears. She swears a lot. She's totally unapologetic about it. Fantastic. I absolutely love it. I will say like, I do sometimes like get criticism from people about swearing. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. Like you're the, you're on the wrong place, love. Like (laughs) I'm going to swear like a motherfucker. Um, And my dad, who's a wild bushman from um, a small town was visiting and he called my my auntie who was also my godmother and she picked up the phone and goes merry fucking christmas to ya and he said oi i got fucking kids near me don't don't swear and she goes oh hi bloody ho then and the whole conversation just made me cackle because i thought of course i'm a fucking swear bear these are my people this is yeah. my godmother on her best behavior. Oh, what a beautiful note to end on. Leonie, thank you so much for being with us here today. Oh, you're a babe. Thanks, Megan. Wow. What an extraordinary woman and an extraordinary life. You know what? Um, We are all capable of so much more than we think and <laughs> Leonie Dawson is certainly an example of that. Reaching those elusive dream goals, um, it's totally available to you, right? Right now. Like I teach women the exact tools they need to move from reacting to what life throws at them to being an active participant in their life and intentionally creating exactly what you want. I think Leonie Dawson is a beautiful example of that. And if you want some of that, if you want to tap into being your authentic self, creating what you really want in your life, get in contact. That is exactly what I do. Don't dick around. You listen to this podcast because what I say to you resonates with you. Talk to me, book a consult. I can help you create the extraordinary life that you want. All right, beautiful people. Until I speak to you next time, have an amazing week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Money Mindful Podcast. For more info, visit moneymindful.com.au. 
For future episodes, be sure to subscribe. And remember, the information in this podcast is of a general nature only and does not take into account your personal circumstances or goals. Please seek professional advice for your own financial needs. Remember to have fun along the way.